Good morning. How you guys doing? God's good, isn't he? Come on, give him praise. Amen? God's good. We want to welcome you to Cornerstone Church. If you're visiting with us, thanks for coming today. My name is Sean Apking. I'm the lead pastor here. We are definitely glad you're here. Hey, listen, this Wednesday, you don't want to miss it. It's our first Wednesday. We have, if you're new here, we have every first Wednesday of every month, we have a service that will actually, this time will be in the link again. And uh, Hans Kunstra is here. Actually, he's going to be here. He's going to be praying for people who are sick too. So if you uh, know anybody, invite them for this. Uh, Hans is a guy who's been around for many years. He's 70-some years old, comes from Holland, but I tell you what, he's an awesome minister in God, and I tell you what, you don't want to miss it. He's actually going to start off our new series that we begin actually next Sunday called The Miracles of Jesus. You don't want to miss that. It's a little mini-series right before Easter. Amen? God's so good. Hey, Brooke and Desiree, where are you guys at? You guys in the back? Hey, come on up here. Why don't you bring all your family? You guys, Roger and Vincent, come on up here too. Let's give these guys a hand. You know, come up to the front so everybody can see you. Yeah, bring the kids too. Bring them all. Um, we do this around here. We want to honor um, some of the people are in our church that serve. And uh, I, I want to honor Brooke and Desiree. And, of course, their families, are, wouldn't, they wouldn't be here without them, you know. And um, Brooke and Desiree, one of the things I love about what they have done is that they do a lot of our activities for families around here. And so, um, yeah, amen. They did the daddy-daughter date, uh, dance date night, and, uh, which my daughter dumped me during the middle of it. Anyway, and, um, um, and then uh, they've, they've done some other things. They're about ready to do a thing with Coco Keys for the family on April 13th. But one of the things that they did is that they saw a need... And we didn't have to go find someone for this. They saw the need and started doing it. And that's what I love because we're all about having, making people become fully devoted followers of Christ. And one of the things is seeing needs and doing them and what God has placed on your heart and doing that. And that's what they did. They, they just saw it and stepped into it and, and started doing it. And in fact, they didn't even have to ask us because they just saw, it, saw the need and started planning these activities for people. And I just love that. And it's not that they don't serve other places. They do. I mean, Desiree served in uh, women's ministry. She served in children's ministry, cafe, single moms. Brooke, she does our CR with her husband, uh, Roger. And uh, Vincent, he, he does ushers. You see him up here ushering and stuff. And uh, they, they work a lot and they do a lot, but they serve. And I love people who just serve, especially what I'm going to be talking about today a little bit more. And um, they just do it, and they serve out of their heart. They saw the need. This is what I love, and they did it. And I want to encourage you, if you see a need, don't expect me to make the ministry for you. You do it, and we'll empower you to do it. Amen? We'll empower you to do what God's placed on your heart. So let's put our hands towards them. I want to pray for them because I believe God blesses faithfulness, and they have been faithful to this body, this church. And uh, by the way, Roger and Brooke, they are ahead of our CR, Celebrate Recovery, and um, they just starting to do a great job with that. And so let's just pray for them. Let's pray for them right now. Father, I thank you for these families, Lord, and I, of course all of our families in our church, and, and these two, Brooke and Desiree, how they stepped out in faith and started doing and, and, and seeing a need, and they, they made a way for that, Lord. And I just thank you, and I just bless them. And Father, I know you bless faithfulness, and they've been faithful. And so, Father, I thank you for blessing their families. 
families together, Lord. And I thank you for all that you're going to do through this ministry and seeing really families come to the Lord through fellowship, Lord. And we thank you, God, for that. And we bless them. Father, give them great ideas. And Father God, give them things that look impossible to us. But God, you're going to make it possible through them. In Jesus' name, bless their whole family because their whole family serves, Lord. And we thank you for them. Amen. Come on, give them a hand. Amen for serving and blessing them. Amen. Thank you, guys. Bless you guys. <laughs> you know, I tell you what, that's one of the things that will set you free is by getting to do what God has always called you to do. And that's where you really find true freedom. Hey, turn to Acts chapter 3 real quickly. You can turn to Acts chapter 3, and we're going to go also to Matthew 10 today. And uh, we'll go there in just a second. You know, one of the things we've been on, we've been on this series called Radical. We've been really dealing with some hard issues um, some really tough words like what Jesus said. And we don't want to go over them and not do them. We want to really kind of see what he says, see what he means by that, and actually become like Jesus. How many guys want to become like Jesus? If you're a believer in here, that better be your hand up. And um, we definitely want that. We want to become like Jesus. And so we dealt with some hard words like hating your mother and father and brother and sister. And what does that mean? And what was God calling us to do? And I don't have time to review everything. You can go online at cornerstonelife.org and download uh, the series. But, you know, what we're going to talk today is about radical giving. And we've mentioned this verse a couple times. It's Acts chapter 3, verse 4 and 6. Excuse me. And, and this is where, where Peter and John, they go through the gate beautiful. And, and they're walking through this gate, as they do, probably have done for years, going into the temple to pray. And, um, and they walk through, and this guy's begging there. He's, he's been crippled since birth, you know, and he's, they probably seen him all the time. And then, but this is what's happened. They've, got, they've gotten saved, you know, and they got filled with the Spirit of God. And here they are. They looked at to him and said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. And so I want to talk to you about something because what they did is realize what they had inside of them and they gave it. They were able to give it and a miracle happened after that. Because I want you to see that. Because when we give out of what we have, like Desiree and Brooke, they gave out of what they had, what they know, knew to do. Miracles can happen through that. And really, that's where we really can find this freedom. And to be radical as Jesus is, we must be able to be able to be free to give what we have. We need to be free to give where life isn't about us. It's all about Him and others. Where church isn't really about us, it's about Him and others. And when we live this type of lifestyle, that is where true freedom is, where freedom can really reign in our life, where peace can really reign, because it's not about me. See, you lose your agenda about what you want and your desires, and your agenda becomes His. It's all about the Father and others. So there's no more climbing this ladder of success. Like we talked about last week, it's like a lot of times we look at other people and we become happy because we're doing better than they are. Or we can become sad because we're doing worse than they are. And we have to come to this place where it's not about me. I can't be all about me. I, I, really, as a believer, I die and he lives in me. And it becomes all about him. I lose my agenda. I lose my agenda. It becomes, Father, your will be done, not my will. Just like Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, where he was pressed. He was, he was having the sin, the whole weight of the sin of the whole world, past, present, and future, laid upon himself. And he looked at, and he says, God, it's not my will, 
but your will. If this cup could pass, but not my will, but your will be done. And so that's what we need to do. We need to be able to do that today where it's all about Jesus. And we need to be able to radically give. And that's what I want to talk to you about, what it means to radically give and what happens to us when we give. Now, a lot of times we think when we're giving, we're talking about finances. Yes. (laughs) Smile at me. It is about finances, but it's also about your time. You know, somebody told me, he says, Sean, it's easier for me to give money than it is to give time. Well, there's a reason for that. Money's replenishable. Time isn't. Isn't that right? I mean, you cannot get more than 24 hours a day, no matter how much you pray and try. And unless God says, sun stands still again, it ain't going to happen. You, time is very important. I know time is very important to me because I love hanging out with my family. And I love hanging out with other people. And I love ministering and doing what I have to do. But time is very important. Time and money is, is important in people's lives today. And, but I want to show you what it happens when we give out of that and we become like the Father. So turn to Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 through 10. Now I'm going to read out of the paraphrase, the Message Bible. Now I want to warn you about the Message Bible. If that's the only Bible you have and you read out of it, I'll give you another one okay um it's 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 a paraphrase it's 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 okay but um you definitely need to check it and i definitely have checked this i just want you to know that um let's look at the message bible here in verse five and it says here jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out uh with this charge now let me give you some context to it Chapter 9, in chapter 9, Jesus looks over the crowd of people and he says, man, they're sheep without the shepherd. That's kind of funny because he's the chief shepherd and Jesus is perfect, but he's, he's making a point that it's more than just one person who needs to be a shepherd. You know, one of our goals and one of our passions here is that see every one of you become fully devoted followers of Christ to become pastors of at least one person, to really lead and help people in, 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 this, in this city and this, even in this nation. And so here Jesus, he looks over the crowd and, and he says, they're sheep without a shepherd. And he, and he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest, where he says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray for the Lord of the harvest and laborers in the harvest field. And so here he is, he's saying that there's needs to be people to go out and help these people. And so here he does, and in chapter 10, verse 1, he turns to his 12. And he says, go. He starts commanding them and giving them directions on how to go. In verse 5, here we are in the Message Bible. It says, Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. He says, go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. If you're reading out of other versions, it talks about the Samaritans and the Gentiles. The Samaritans were a group of people. I don't have a lot of time to explain it all completely, but they're a group of people that the Jews didn't really like that much. You know, They said they were doing the law of Moses, but they really weren't. And then you have the Gentiles. They really didn't like Gentiles of all. In fact, you, you and I are Gentiles, most of us in here, unless you're a Jew, and they hated you because you're a part of the Roman government, and they didn't like that. And so they were, you were being controlled by the Romans, and, being, and they just did not like that you were in their home field. And so Jesus is saying, hey, listen, don't worry about them. And in one context, it's saying, well, because Jesus is going to bring Paul and Peter, and they're going to go in and go into the Gentiles, but, uh, and, and wants you to focus on the lost sheep of Israel there. But what he also is saying, he says, don't worry about the problems. Don't worry about what's going on in this world. Don't worry about your enemies here. He says, but I want you to go to the lost and the confused people right here in your neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchable. Kick out the demons. You have been treated. I love this. You have been treated generously. So live generously. 
You've been treated generously, so live generously. Don't think you have to put on this fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. I love how they put that. You are the equipment, and all you need to keep that going is three meals a day, so travel light. And so you've got to understand here, you and I are here to spread the good news of Jesus. Jesus had brought his disciples to this place where they could no longer remain in the middle. They had to do something. They could no longer watch the herding because they knew the heal- they had the healer. They couldn't just watch it anymore. They had to do something. They, couldn't, they could no longer just show up and have this normal life where you've been saved and not called. But they had to do something. They had the revelation of who Jesus is. And my hope through this whole radical series that we're ending today, my hope for this whole series is that you get an understanding about who you are and what God has done inside of you, that you just don't come to church on Sunday and then live Monday through through Saturday just to exist, that you are here to bring healing to those who are hurting. You are here to let the captives know that they are free. And when each one of us does, does this, we don't have to worry about what's going on around here because we know something's going to happen. We know we're the change agent to the city. We know that we're going to bring hope and healing to people because the light of Jesus is in us and he called you light. You are light of the earth, salt of this world. And when we believe that and we run out there and do that, we'll stop writing on Facebook and complaining how bad it is. I mean, everybody was so up in air about the movie Noah. It's not scriptural. What do you expect from an atheist director and an ungodly organization? You think it's going to be all good? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, I, I didn't see it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen it yet. And I know some people who have. And it is unscriptural. But instead of complaining about that, once you begin to have a Bible study about Noah, because Noah was a type of Christ. That means he was, he was like Christ in the Old Testament. And once you start teaching people who went to the movie, hey, listen, if you want the real story, come here. Let me talk to you. Be a light to that instead of complaining on how bad it is. You know, church, we need to be more for what we're for than what we're against anymore. Because that's the good news of Jesus. And that's what God's called you and I to do, is to change our nation. And when I become who God has called me to be, and I do something, I give out of what I have. Not complain about what's going on. That's where change happened. They could have said, they could have went, Peter and John could have went through that, that, that uh, temple door and looked at that guy and says, hey, listen, go to the hospital. Where's your faith? Why can't you do it yourself? Instead, they gave out of what they had. I love that. They gave out of what they had. And so I want to show you what happens to you and I when we give out of what we have, what God has given us. Because you always heard me tell there's a divine flow. It comes from God, and it does change you. That works with finances. That works with spiritual things like revelation of God's word. But it has to go out of you. And when that flow is happening, you're going to see miraculous happen, stuff happen in your life. You're going to see some great things. So because it becomes all about Jesus, we are free to give. Number one here, you can follow along with me. When you give, you fulfill your purpose. When you give your finances, your time, what you have, you start fulfilling your purpose. Go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 27. 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 27 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our, mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they, that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the lot, livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, the image of God is this theological concept that means you and I and everybody on earth, people who are saved and people who aren't. All of us are imprinted with God's image when we were created. So there's something deep inside of you and I that is just like God. It's like a son who has his father's eyes. He resembles his father. You and I resemble God in some way. And when you read the Bible and you start to place together all this information about who God is, one of those pieces of God is about God's generosity. God is generous. And it's because of his love that he is generous. First John 1 John 1.8 talks about how God is love. And love is generous. And that's how God is. In fact, the mo- one of the most famous verses in the Bible, John 3.16, you see it at every NFL game. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. So some of you guys know what I'm talking about now. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that who believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that love is not that love is what caused God to give. God love gives. Love always gives. And that love gave not only one of his sons, his only son. He gave it all for you and I. You and I have been a recipient recipient you know we've received anyway, it's not coming out. <laughs> of God's love. Don't laugh at me. I'm cool. Anyway, um and so we've gotten that, and God is very generous. And it's so funny that you've heard me tell before, when we come in here and we worship God, worship is for God, it's not for you. But how many guys receive from worship? Because that's what love does. Love is natural. If you're a lover of God and you have the love of God in you, and you should as a believer, it should be natural to give. It should be easy to give. It should come out of you because that's what happens to us. We worship God and God it receives your worship, but he automatically gives back to you, doesn't he? And that's who God is. God gives. And so if you put that together, you and I have that imprint in our lives that deep down into every one of us, because we've been made in the image of God, God is generous, and there's something deep inside of us that is wired for generosity. And you may not always feel generous, but you were created that way. You've got generosity hardwired into your spirit, man. You are generous. And that's why when all you do is complain and not give, and if you see something and you don't do anything about it, you become the opposite of God. Grumpy, a complainer, a hater, not a lover, and it eats you up on the inside. I tell you what, you hang around somebody who's not a giver, who always takes and is always complaining about something, you, you probably don't hang around them that much. And if you're one of those and you wonder why you don't have any friends, the Bible says be friendly. This is how you be friendly. Give. Come on, that's good. Maybe I'm stepping on your toes, I don't know, but but that's so true, is that you give. And when you give, you start fulfilling the purposes of God, doing what you were created to do in in the first place, is to give and to be that giver. You don't give out of guilt, you give out of purpose. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. 
We are the children of God, and we represent Him. That's why deep down inside of you, it is that to give and to not give. Give of your life, your resources. Not to do that makes you the opposite of who God is. And for a believer, you can't do that. You have to give. Number two, when you give, you position yourself for a blessing. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the group of Christians living in the first century of Philippi. And you have that letter in your Bible. It's called Philippians. In the first part of that letter, Paul thanked the Philippians for giving generously to their partnership of his ministry. And they had contributed to his ministry to go out and start churches and to minister to people as a missionary and as a preacher. And the Christians who lived there were very generous supporters. And I believe there's a clear connection here in Philippians between our generosity and God's provision. Because you see in Philippians 4.19, it says that my God will meet your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And, and that's not just for, just for Christians. That's because Christians give. You are a giver of your time. You are a giver of your resources. And because of that, then my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And I don't understand this all the time, how God does it. Because God doesn't, his, his math doesn't one plus one equal two. His math doesn't work that way. One plus one means, and plus God means multiplication. He multiplies that back to us. It's so great to see how God does that. And when our heart actually comes in alignment with his, our heart for others, and we give out of what we have, something great and miraculous can happen. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? See, when you give, you position yourself for a blessing, a blessing in a lot of ways. And the third thing is about when we give and be like God. When you give, you gain perspective. I love what Winston, Winston Churchill said, this quote. He said this, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. That's so good. See, Lisa and I, we've been in ministry since 1990. I've been in ministry for 1990, and when we got married in 91, we've been in ministry together. And, and um, you know, one of our heart. Our main heart about it is is not about building a kingdom for ourselves. We've never been about that. We've always been about others and letting others excel. And lo- I love it when when you excel in in Christ and God moves through you and sees miracles through you. I love when I have some of my guys that we've discipled preach. Man, I love seeing them preach and people say, "Sean, they do such a better job than you." And after I push myself down, yes, praise the Lord. You know, and we love that. We enjoy that. Our goal is to be a significant factor in the success of others. That's our goal, and we can't do that unless we give of our life. Have you ever met someone who went on a mission trip? I mean, they save all this money because it can be expensive. You have to buy the food. You've got to travel there and supplies. And you can spend thousands of dollars traveling to another country. But when they come back you, you, and they return from that, they, you hear these type of words. It was incredible. Life-changing. Uh, they talk about that expensive experience like it was the most important thing they have ever done in their life. And I have yet to date met anybody who's ever said, man, I wish I hadn't raised all that money to go over there and to help people. I would rather have that money to download movies and, and buy furniture. I've never heard anybody say that. They loved that. They, it was something that they wish they could do over and over again. And, 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 and people 
often regret things they buy. How many has ever been there? I regretted things I've bought, but I've never regretted giving. I have it, it, it puts you in a new perspective. You, you start to see things differently. I know when Lisa and I, when our finances aren't there, some, you know, something happened or whatever, you know, our truck broke down or something like that, and we had to put money into that, and so we didn't have a lot of finances. We, instead of complaining about it and being, woe is me, we give. Because even though things look hard the way we can see, when you give, you raise your perspective to where God can see. And it changes your perspective. And focusing on yourself more than God is never good. And so when you are complaining and everything, you start focusing on yourself. But when you start giving out, something happens. You raise to the level where God is and you begin to see what He sees. Because when you focus on yourself more than God, you know what's called? Humanism. And it's dangerous because you fall into a, a, a free fall of lack in areas, becoming a victim, always, you know, always complaining, always worried, always doing that. But when you become a giver, it's not trusting in your own ability. It's not trusting in your own finances. It's not trusting in your own time. But you trust in God and who He is. And you allow Him to do that. And I really believe, even though we can't get more than 24 hours in a day, I believe God will make the time stand still in us to get it done. I, I mean, I've seen that in my life. And see, I want to challenge you. When you begin to feel like it's all about you, you be, begin to feel needy, you, be, you begin to complain, and you start taking offense, I want to encourage you, stop it. Just say, God, I put myself down. What do you want me to do? Ask the Lord, what do, you, what do I really need and what, how do I need to, to give? What do I need to go? Where do I need to do? But I can't focus on myself. Matthew 6, 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what is your treasure? What are you treasuring? You know, people treasure money. People treasure time. But a lot of people treasure themselves more than God. Stop that. There's no health in that at all. Get perspective about going after God. Because all of these are a spiritual issue. Money's a spiritual issue. Your time is a spiritual issue. And just like what we talked about last week, it's not you ordering your life, it's God ordering your life. And you say, well, it's God, then my family, then everything. No, it isn't. It's God. And let Him give you what you need for your family. Not you give what you need for your family. You out of Him, you let Him give what you need for your family, what you need for your finances, what you need for everything. Everything becomes God first. And that is what's so important. So when you give, you're making this internal statement that something matters to me and God matters to me. God matters to me. Eternity matters to me. And when you give, you're shifting your perspective out of what you see onto what God sees. And number four, when you give, you partner with God. Have you ever thought the fact that God doesn't really need your money or need your time? God's not up in heaven thinking, man, I wish somebody down there would give. I wish, I wish somebody down there would do something. He doesn't need you and I at all. And I'm not trying to insult you in any way. He just doesn't need us. In fact, the Bible says, if you don't worship him, the rocks will cry out. Now, I don't really want to get to that place where I see that, but I would really like to see that. That would be really cool. But we don't want to go there. Maybe one day he'll put on a demonstration for us in heaven. But 
But he doesn't need us. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. In fact, listen, I don't care how big your password is to your bank account. He knows it. God doesn't need us. He wants us. This is what he does. He invites us to join him. Because God, he's God, he doesn't need us, but he wants us. We, in fact, we don't even invite God into our lives. He invites us into his. And so when we give, we're partnering with that. We're being like him. I love it. When I give my tithe check every week, I'm, I'm thinking, man, I'm doing what God's told me to do, but I'm being like him. When I give to somebody on the street, God, I, you told me to do this. I'm being like you. I mean, it's something that it gains perspective. When I give up my time, and I mean, I don't, may not want to do this, but I do it anyway. I give of my time. I give of everything that I am to the Lord, and I, I'm invited to in that, interact with him and what he's doing on this earth. I'm invited to do that. And all it takes for me to do is to lay my life down, lay my ambitions down, and give it to him. And give. And when you give, that's what you're doing. You're joining God with the mission of this world. See, you don't give in your offering, which will take up every, every Sunday at the end of the service. You don't give during that just to keep these lights on. Though I'm thankful we're not in the dark. You give for a greater purpose. You give for the gospel to be heard. You don't just give to this church, though I love this church. You give as part of a worldwide movement to see things go on in Africa, to see the gospel go on in Africa, the gospel go on in Haiti and Mexico and Europe, and even here in the U.S. There's something bigger going on around us. And when you serve here, you're not just serving for yourself, just like I talked about last week. Why do you do the things you do? Is it for God, or is it because it makes you feel better? No, you serve to partner with the Lord into what he's doing. God, I want that job. I mean, we should be like that, shouldn't we? God, I want to be the one who prays for that person. I want to be one who goes after that. I want to be one who starts this ministry to minister to those people. They're hurting. I want to be that. You should be like that. God, what is my assignment today? What do you have for me to do? I want to be like you today. How do you want me to give today? Every morning you wake up and looking for opportunities to be like him. And when you give, you're part of what God is doing everywhere. Because you decide that I choose to be back that way. It's like the disciples. They couldn't just stand there and be normal anymore. They had to be radical. These, as the Bible says, unlearned, uneducated men turned the world upside down. Not because they were smart. Not because they had it all together. Not because they had all the money. But just like it said in the Message Bible, they were it. They were the tools that God used. And they allow God to use them. And I want to challenge you to be radical in your giving. To let your life be known as a giver. To be generous in all things and through all things. And that's the heart of God. And when you give, you're doing that. So how do you give? How do you become a giver? How do you get on that road to giving? Number one, you need to start now. You need to choose. I'm going to start giving right now. 
Some of you may, may not be tithers. You may not hardly ever give. I had a, had a friend of mine that never gave anything, and, uh, and he wanted to tithe. Now, he had, he had finances to give, but he had put all those finances into other things, like cars and boats and guns and everything else, and, and he didn't have room to give. And so number two, what do you have to do? You start with what you have. And so what he did, he came to me, and I says, well, start, do you have anything to give? He says, I can't give 10%. Man, it's all full right now. I can't do that. I can't give. I said, well, what do you have? I have $10 in my pocket. I said, well, give that. Start now giving. Start giving. And he began to start giving. Start with what he had. And now he gives quite a bit of money. And he's a giver. And even though he still has boats and cars and everything else, now God's blessed him where he can have that and give to the kingdom. He gives more than that. And so what do you have to give? Give it now. If you can't give 10% in the offering as far as finances, you, know, you need to obey the Lord. Start giving, and God will miraculously help you do that. If you feel like you don't have any time, because everyone is busy. Everybody should have that on your Facebook. What about you? I'm busy. Because everybody says it all the time. How many has ever said, I'm busy before? I have. I mean, I'm busy, I'm busy. I'm... Well, so what? Everybody is. Well, give of what you have. Make time and give and serve. You don't know where to serve? Start now. Start with what you have and start serving. Become an usher or greeter. Work in the children's ministry if you like children. If you don't, we don't want you. (laughs) We definitely don't want you around our children if you don't like children. uh, But give somewhere. Work in the youth ministry. Work here as, you know, help, help, you know, do the spring cleaning or something. I mean, serve. I remember me, I, I do whatever it took. I clean toilets, I do whatever it took. I just needed to serve God. So start with what you have. You say, Sean, I can't do a cell group. I can't minister to someone. Well, find someone who's doing that and serve them in it. And learn and train under that. But serve. Start doing it. Start with what you have. And number three, start with who you know. You reach out to others and share the gospel and the good news, not just because you say you love them, but you show them you love them. So go to your neighbor and mow their yard. Mow their yard. Come over and mow my yard. <laughs> Here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm joking. But serve somebody. Give out of your life. How many guys have enemies? Don't raise your hand, please. And please don't, don't look at each other. Anyway, <laughs> serve your enemy. That's what Jesus tells us to do. Love them. Serve them. And watch God move. So start with someone you know. And number four, don't stop. Don't stop. You keep on going. You keep on doing it. And be consistent. Faithfulness is the key, really, to the blessing of God. Be consistent in it. Be consistent in your finances and giving. Be consistent in your serving and doing what God's called you to do. You know, one of the things I see is people get disgruntled. People get, they fall away from the Lord when they don't serve. When you don't give and out of what you have, 
it, you dam it up. And it's never good dammed up. How many, see, have you, how many of you have ever seen water that has no flow into it? It gets all gross and everything. You don't want to drink that water because it comes stagnant, right? Listen, if there's no flow in that water, it's unhealthy. When there's no flow in you, it's unhealthy. And if you don't serve, listen, you could be here for years, and if you're not giving out, you'll become stagnant, disgruntled, and everything else. You've got to serve. You've got to move out and go out. Amen? Because you want to be fresh, right? You want to be someone, somebody, in a sense, takes a drink from every day. Am I right? That's who Jesus is in you. And watch that happen. So bow your heads, close your eyes. So ask the Lord right now where you're at. How do I start giving? Where do I need to give? Do I need to start giving in my finances? Do I need to start giving in my time? Probably both. What is it? Where do I need to do that? And what do, you, do I have inside of me to give? What is it today? So ask him right where you're at right now. Ask the Lord. And then commit to him. Say, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start now, and I'm not going to stop. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to be someone who serves. I'm going to give out of my time, my resources. I'm going to give out of my life. So, Father, right now, we love you. And we thank you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for your life and what you've called us to do. Father, you've imprinted in every single one of us your image. And part of that is the image of generosity. And Father, we want to be radical in our life, in our life with you, in our worship, in our devotion to you. But we also want to be radical in our giving of ourselves. As Jesus gave of himself, we want to give of ourselves, Lord, in every part of our life, our time and our resources. And so we want to have that divine flow all the time. So, Father, I just thank you that you're showing us, Lord, in Jesus' name, how to give, what to give, and where to give, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. With all the eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're here today and says, Pastor Sean, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And this is what that means, that you've never made him the boss of your life. You've never given him your life. You know you need something inside. I don't have to, to talk to you more about that. You know you're missing something right now where you're at. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to make that first step, to commit your life to the Lord. And I promise you that would be the greatest decisions you ever made. Now, God can't make you. He doesn't want to make you. He wants to give you a choice, and that's your choice right now to receive everything that His Son Jesus did on the cross, where He took yours and my sin. The Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. That means we've missed the mark. And that all of us needed to receive what Jesus did. He had to come on this earth, be a perfect man, and die for us. Take our sin, past, present, and future, on Himself, so we wouldn't have to go through that punishment. That punishment was death. Not just death physically, but death spiritually, which is eternal. And so he made a way for us to live with him forever. And I want to give you that opportunity to come to him, 
to start your relationship with the Lord. So if that's you, I want to pray with you. And this is all I ask you to do, is make that decision by raising your hand and putting it back down. When you raise your hand, I just you're just acknowledging that. And when you raise it, you can go ahead and put it down. So raise your hand. Anybody in here? Okay. Okay, you can put their hands down. Anybody else? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Because God's going to come into your life right now and do something really awesome. Okay, this is what I want us to do. You raise your hand, or if you didn't, I want you to repeat after me. Those who raise your hand, the Lord's going to meet you right where you're at right now. He's going to come into your life right where you're at because He needs permission. You're going to give Him permission as we pray. And just believe it with all your heart. And this is the step to an awesome journey with the Lord. So let's, let's pray. Bow your heads, close your eyes again, and repeat after me. Father God, I come to you right now, and I thank you for your son Jesus, that he died on the cross for me, that he took my sin upon himself, and he was punished for me. And so right now, I receive all that he did for me. I receive his love, his forgiveness, his grace, and I commit my life to him right now in the name of Jesus. And from this day forward, I will follow him. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Hallelujah. Listen, if you made that decision for the very first time, I want you on your connection card, and everybody can get out your connection card right now. And I want you to fill that connection card out to its fullest. And on there, check, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And we want to send you some information about that. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise another time. Amen.